He dropped Royce Freeman in favor of Peyton Barber. That seems like a lateral move to me. He's arguably the best handcuff in fantasy. But he produces. He doesn't have to be good to produce fantasy. I'm just looking at his team. I, I don't know how it could be much worse. This so this is the, that's Caleb's problem. Is he just, you know, has no concept of who he's drafting. He's the handcuff master over here. I'm, I'm not Kuhar. Um, you know, I'm not an idiot. If you know you've got a guy who's going to be force-fed the ball, you have to play him. So, Tevin Coleman, I'm looking. You drafted him third round. You're kidding. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't even know how he won three games. Brady's going to get hurt again, man. For um, sure. Who else has sad road splits? Matt Ryan. Really? But Latavius Murray is the best handcuff in fantasy. CJ Yeldon. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to your next installment of the Fantasy Football Bros. I am your host, Derek Randall, and unfortunately, Mark Hogan could not make it here this evening. He had other matters to tend to, so it looks like I am flying solo here for week nine. Just kidding. I actually have a special guest co-host with me tonight, and I would like to welcome Jack Novak. Hey, Jack, how's it going? how are you doing tonight, man? Good, how's it going? Happy not too Halloween. bad. Yeah, happy Halloween. <laughs> Aaron for week nine here, and I am happy to have you on to the show with me today. Um, it's only fitting that the top team in our league makes it on, not only as a guest, but here to host a show. Well, it's about time that I'm at the top, so it feels good. <laughs> feels good. I bet it does, and I've, I've got many strong words about that as we progress further into this. Um, I feel it's, it's rightfully deserved and long-awaited. I agree. <laughs> yeah so jack i know you are a avid listener of the podcast you have listened to every one of our episodes and you're probably the first person to listen to all of them um <laughs> so it's good to have you on and i'm thinking you probably know the layout of our show pretty well and mark and i we usually begin by going through the waiver wire now that we've moved this show to wednesdays so what do you think? Should we kick things off there? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. All right. And yeah, and along the way, if you have any takes or um, anything you've been looking to add and get onto the show, and, you know, because you haven't sent us any voice messages, <laughs> um, always interested to have your take. All right. So do you have the waiver wire pulled up on your side? I'm trying to find it on my computer. I normally do it on my phone. Uh, uh, okay. You got to go over to uh, League uh-huh. and then go down to, I think it says Transactions. Let's see. Uh, recent League Activity. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, there it is. So the first waiver wire pickup of the evening was the hot one. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, and yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> all Fitzpatrick. And old Kuhar was the one to grab him. 
finally makes himself known as he is alive and active in this league. <laughs> I think he even <laughs> responded in the uh, in the group chat this week. I, I think I, we got a, a LOL out of him, so uh, it's good, good to see him participating. <laughs> <laughs> good to know that he is alive and actually a member of the league yeah. and not just a bot. Yeah, so so what do you think of the acquisition of Fitzpatrick? I know you and I talked separately about this, but uh, I want your your true transparent take on him. Um, so when he's playing, he's a top ten quarterback easily. Um, it's a high powered offense, as bad as the team is overall. But is he worthy of starting in all fantasy leagues? Absolutely. Um, I, I think it's a great addition and a very necessary one for Kuhar, especially who uh, has been hurting at the QB position. Uh, Jameis Winston uh, tr- he, uh, was traded to you, and he got Mariota back, who has just had a pitiful year. So I think Fitzpatrick's a big improvement there. Him and Dalton together, that's a pretty good duo for, for Kuhar. Yeah, I mean, essentially with this transaction he made, uh, he dropped Mariota in the process. It When I looked at this, I just thought, huh, looks like I gave Kuhar Mohamed Sanu for free. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> so uh, that sucks. But, you know, um, yet again, I have been struck by the quarterback bug this year. <laughs> so, yay. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're you have a uh, interesting situation this week, don't you? We can talk about that later, I guess. But yeah, we'll definitely jump to that because it's notable. Uh, that is for sure. <laughs> um, so moving on, I'm number two, which it, that's that's, that's uh, Carl, correct? Yep, Carl. This was about the strangest use of a waiver claim. I think that I could have seen coming for him. Yeah, as high up as he was on the waiver, uh, on the waiver list, I was surprised to see that. I think it's not a great move for him, considering he has Zach Ertz. Um, <laughs> seems uh, like a little bit of a waste, but his I I just feel so bad for Carl. His team is not that bad. Um, he has just been. He has been unlucky. The first few weeks losing consecutive games by less than five points. And it's it's been a rough one for him. And I think he has sadly been eliminated from contention. Uh, so that's rough. But So I guess he's got nothing to lose, really. It's not like he needed uh, Brock Osweiler too badly. <laughs> but still uh, an interesting move, to say the least. In- interesting indeed. Um when you have Zach Ertz and you're using like a top five waiver claim priority on basically a, a one week rental tight end, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I do agree. He's had it rough this year and I too have felt bad for him, but you know, Carl, I know you're listening. I've tried to help better your team. I know other people who tried to make moves with you, man. Um, I think they would have helped a lot. You might have two more wins than you do now, but it is what it is, and it's unfortunate that you're at one and seven. Yeah, I just hope that uh, he has a chance of getting out of last place and avoiding that uh, that 
fantasy punishment that uh, we've all been looking forward to this year. So, Absolutely. I uh, am right there with him on that one. I sure hope he doesn't. <laughs> uh, I think there is a good chance for him to escape that, but we can also talk about that later. Agreed. Agreed. I Yes. Um, and then I don't really think we need to talk about Tackett's claim. I, I He claimed yeah. a defense, which – Okay, that's a waste of a waiver claim. Sorry, but it is. I agree. Uh, and then Lennon is showing that he is truly out of touch in using his on Josh Reynolds, who is only productive when Cooper Cup does not play, uh, which has been the past two weeks. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that he did that this week because he has Cooper Cup as well. Um, so you would think that when uh, Cup was actually – out that that would be the time to pick up uh, Josh Reynolds. Um, so it was an interesting timing. Um, I don't know how much value Reynolds is going to have going forward. I don't think there's room for four wide receivers on that high-powered offense. As high as everybody can score, and making uh, much of an impact on fantasy. But who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah this this move seems like one that should have been made two weeks ago um, and is now a useless move. So, uh, I mean, I guess he only dropped Cameron Merritt that's for it, who's useless now, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and I, I love – one of my favorite things to do in the morning, Wednesday morning, when I check the waiver wire and who got claimed is to predict who Andres will claim. Uh, <laughs> simply – because he is the best at jumping on that hype train. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know who was at the top of Matthew Berry's list this week, but just based on who Andre grabbed, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that it might have been Devontae Parker. Uh, uh, Matt Berry actually uh, has been talking about Sutton, who was picked up last week by someone. I'm trying to remember who. Oh, yeah, you're, you're trying to remember who, which I am. Did I, I will. That? Did I pick? Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, I got him a week before the trade because I thought that might have happened. So, yeah, uh, thing, uh, some people playing ahead in this league, but yeah, playing the hype train is also fun. And uh, Devontae Parker, I mean, to be fair, Devontae Parker is the most talented wide receiver on that team. On a unquestionable, team. but it hasn't mattered for the last two seasons that he is the most talented wide receiver. It has produce no fantasy output whatsoever they have they actually have a surprising amount of talent at wide receiver the dolphins but um none of them are fantasy relevant in my opinion um i i guess i would say Devonte parker is the most likely to emerge out of those um as having potential for being relevant but i i don't see it happening just based on what we've seen in the past yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I went down this train last year where I drafted him in the third round, I'm pretty sure, something like that, because there was a crazy hype train, mm-hmm. and um, I've sworn him off. I'll never grab him because he's he is. He's just hype. Uh, and, and in all reality, he's a physical specimen who should be a top easy X receiver in the NFL, mm-hmm. but he's kind of a, a diva, and – he doesn't really show that he wants to play football. And when you don't have that drive to be the best that there is, then 
you're going to leave a lot on the field. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to perform. You're going to fall down with these injuries. Like I think he had a cut on his finger last year. Mm-hmm. And he set up games with it. Yeah. It's like, who are you? Yeah, no, he clearly does not want to be in Miami. And I'm, I'm really surprised that they haven't traded him because I could see a lot of teams that would have wanted to make a move for a guy with that much talent. Um, yeah. I, I thought that that last year when uh, I, I thought that he was much more likely to go than Ajayi was, but um, and it, with the same type of issues, locker room issues, just guy who just doesn't seem like he wants to be there, which is hard to blame based on just how poor Miami is. But um, yeah, I'm I'm surprised that he's still there, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of moves at this trade deadline yeah, that I big. thought would happen and did not happen. <laughs> um, but there were also a couple big ones. Yeah. Yeah, which which we'll definitely dive into that once we hit some of those players. Um, actually, I, I think I see a need to mention as we rise up the waiver wire, but there's been a lot of transactions over the past couple of days. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll kind of, kind of comb through this quickly. A lot of defenses, but um, – something that sticks out to me is Mark grabbed DJ Moore um, and in the process dropped Frank Gore, which I'm going to say great pickup Mark on DJ Moore. I like it, but also uh, this shows that your acquisition of Frank Gore from two weeks ago was a bad acquisition. <laughs> it was a bad acquisition. Um, <laughs> yes. Kind of so, funny though. Yeah. I, I don't know if you ever end up putting him in his starting lineup, but yeah, God, yeah, I hope not. I think you started him last week actually. Uh, that explains why he hit 83 points. Yeah, I think it was him and uh, uh, Mostert. Both, oh, my both, God. Uh, both in the starting lineup there. Oh, man. We're going to have to revisit that and find out for sure. Yeah. It might have been the Crow as well. Oh, yeah, it might be the Crow. <laughs> Fight Jesus. Miller. Unleash the power of the Crow. Power of the Crow. <laughs> oh, man. But DJ Moore, I like it a lot. That's great pickup. I think he's going to be inconsistent. Um, I think it's gonna be scary when to start him, but uh, I like the pick. It's it's somebody who's on the up for sure. He's getting consistently more snaps every single game, and they they look to get him involved. He not only does he have a lot of catches um, and receiving yards, but now they're using him out of the backfield as well. So when you're getting all that usage, it should translate into a lot. Yeah, his versatility um, has been fun to watch. It's It's been fun to see him uh, get some carries as well as just the way they've utilized, utilized him in the passing game as well. Um, I think I think he's a great acquisition for this week. Um, my only uh, two cents about Mark picking him up is Mark has uh, one of the strongest wide receiving cores. I just don't see when you take that risk of starting DJ Moore ahead of uh, his other receivers, Golden Tate or Juju. So um, I, I think it's a great pickup and definitely someone uh, good, good person to stash on your bench in case of injury. Um, probably won't see him play in a starting lineup for Mark too often though. Yeah. I mean, Mark's issue is running backs. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish you he made it on tonight to talk to him about this because he posted one of the lowest scores I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. And his running backs, I don't see any hope for it. And 
his you're right, his receivers are extremely strong, but to get better, you have to trade one of them. I feel like, um, and I don't know, maybe maybe adding DJ Moore is a preemptive move of what's to come. Maybe he is going to trade Juju or Golden Tate or Tyreek. Yeah, um, I think it's a good. Sure. I think it's a good week to trade Golden Tate. For sure, <laughs> someone's buying. Sure. That's a good good time to sell. Agreed. I think a lot of people are going to think he's going to be better now because he's with the Eagles, but I, I disagree. I agree. I, I don't see that happening either. But it, but yeah. it it very well could. But I I don't see it happening personally. But yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Mark try to sell uh sell Tate this week in uh in exchange for some running back depth because he has uh, been hurting bad there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the crow didn't pan out for him in week <laughs> one of his entire backfield. Yep. Um, most art was irrelevant, unfortunately, and Frank Gore is now on the waiver wire. So. Uh, and Fournette, even when he comes back, um, that's a crowded Carlos Hyde. Yeah, yeah, Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon are there. Yep. Um, as much as Mark thinks TJ Yeldon sucks, he's not going away. No, he's not. And uh, yeah, I don't. I really don't think that Leonard Fournette is going to see much production fantasy wise this year going forward. I I really think that. It's he's one of the sad busts of of the year last year. Um, last year, I remember in our draft, he went pretty uh, deep compared to where he was uh, ranked in the, uh, before the season started. Um, and he turned out to be amazing. And it's it's disappointing to see his injuries just um, just completely prevent him from performing this year because he was something special. So. He was. Uh, last year, you're right. I took him in the fifth round, and it worked out well. But he was hurt a lot last year, too. Yeah. Um, and and it's showing now by the way that he's been off and on the field this year that he's he's looking pretty injury-prone, and like this is going to be something he struggles with for his entire career. Yep. Yeah, he's looking like an Arian Foster type. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good comparison. Arian Foster had all the talent in the world yep. uh, to be a top five running back, but couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the one thing I did want to hit on, just because I see it here, I think 10 AG is Nate. I'm going yeah, to that, assume. Yeah, that is Nate. Okay. He added TJ Jones, which I'm assuming he did that because he thinks that he's taking over for Golden Tate now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, I would one, just like to say he made a lot of moves. Nate made a lot of moves. He did. He's trying to like. I mean, turn over his roster. <laughs> yeah, he, I, he's had the most injuries out of anybody. I think this this year has. Been, I mean, Mark's been hurt too, but I think that the injury bug has played Nate probably the the worst out of out of anybody so far. Um, just continuous. Sorry, I mean, I, who has he lost? I know he, he just lost Will Fuller lost and Sony Michelle. Fuller, Sony Michelle. Um, he drafted uh, Penny, who really lost his, his job to, to Carson because of his injury. Um, and I, I remember there being uh, a few earlier on in this season. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But I, I, I mean, every time you look at, at Nate's team, 
you just look and it's full of Q's and O's. I mean, he's held on to Dante Foreman all year, which has been interesting to say the least. Because even (laughs) if he if he comes back, how does he have fantasy relevance? I don't know, but um, he's kept him there all year. But um, but he's had he's had a lot of injuries. He also had he drafted Des Bryant. That was unfortunate for him. And uh, Josh Gordon, who missed a a, a lot of games early in the season uh, before moving to New England. But um, he's he's had it. Nate's had it a little bit rough this year. But part of that also goes back to just, you know, having a good draft. And he he made some some, uh, you know, risky moves that just didn't pay out for him. But Sony Michelle certainly has once he's back. um, That's one that should pay out for the rest of the season when he's when he's healthy yeah i mean you would think so i mean uh you're right though it goes back to the draft and he he grabbed a lot of risky players um and yeah it definitely has hurt him and mark and i called it too man that was in like week one or two when we looked at his team and we're like man this is a very injury prone team Mm -hmm. and here we are week nine and it looks like three of those guys are done and not even on his squad because they're hurt. And he traded the other one away. And that's the only one that's been healthy. Yeah. <laughs> but to, uh, uh, to answer your – sorry. I never answered your question about TJ Jones. Um, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> but um, I think it's an interesting uh, acquisition. It definitely doesn't hurt him. I don't think losing – I'm looking at everybody he's dropped this week, but I don't think anybody he's dropped this week has more value than he might. You know, TJ Jones could potentially have some relevance. I think that really the Golden Tate trade helps Kenny Galladay more than anybody else. Um, I think you're going to see his target share go up pretty significantly. But um, but I, I don't think it's a bad move to make, um, especially in – an offense that passes the ball a lot. They throw the ball around and Stafford, uh, he, he spreads around to all his receivers. They've all been, um, they've all been relevant this year. So I, I don't see the, uh, I, I think, I think it's a, a good move overall adding TJ Jones. I, um, I do and don't agree. Um, I heard that it's actually not TJ Jones that they want to put in the slot now, that they want to move the rookie Brandon Powell into the slot to take over the snaps. And all logic points to TJ Jones because that's who it was when Golden Tate was hurt last year. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not what the team is going for, apparently. This is according to their beat writers. So you never know what that means. But – if there's any question that it's not TJ Jones and it could be Brandon Powell, this raises concerns to me about whether either of them are useful. And I agree completely with you saying if anybody benefits from this, it's Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that um, I, I think that's, that's a good point. We don't know for sure if it is going to be TJ Jones. Um, so the, yeah, that is, that uh, definitely adds risk to it, but based on, on Nate's team, you know, I don't, I don't see it hurting. He's got a lot of, it, it seems like week after week, he's just flipping uh, 
his bench over to the waiver wire for new guys and then doing the same thing the next week. So, um, yeah, I, I think especially at this time now is when you have to be making the moves for guys who could be fantasy winners for you, who could be the league winner for you. So, um, he's, I think there are moves that he needs to make regardless. Absolutely. Um, so let's move on from the waiver wire and let's just do a quick recap of who won and who lost last week and kind of comb through all that. So I don't know if you're on the scoreboard. Yep. I'm, I'm there now. Perfect. So let's start with Kuhar's narrow victory <laughs> over Tackett. Yeah. I mean, this came by the slimmest of margins. Um, it came by a defensive touchdown in the fourth quarter of Monday night football. That yep. the, that's the difference maker. Um, I mean, really, Tackett did not deserve to lose this game, <laughs> but um, you know that's that's fantasy football. That that's what happens Monday night. You have the Patriots defense left, and uh, you can get the win, I guess. So and and Gostowski with with thirteen points. So um, it's an unfortunate way to lose, but um, you know, Kuhar's team is really nothing to nothing to scoff at it's it's not bad at all um especially with Tariq Cohen being as productive as as he has been there's no surprise really with Saquon um Andy Dalton's a solid uh solid QB1 for our league and you know he's not really hurting at many um at any particular position other than he needed to get that second quarterback which he just picked up so right you know yeah he's got a he's got a competitive team attack it i think has one of the strongest if not the strongest team in the league me and myself uh, him and myself um any when you have adam thielen on your team this year you're dangerous so absolutely um yeah and speaking of that matchup, I just thought it was so funny when they scored that defensive touchdown. Yeah, put Kuhar up by two points. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, 2.1, I guess. And then uh, I was watching the end of it, and when they had their one of their garbage time drives, they the Bills, that is. The yardage. They passed, that, they passed the yardage, yep. yep. And then <laughs> that, was, that was minus two points. Yep. So then he was back up by point one. Yep. Well, then two seconds. Patriots get two sacks. Yep, yep, exactly. I was watching that game pretty closely. I I, uh, I was excited to see not nothing personal against Tackett, but it's nice to be on top. And I knew that if Kuhar won, that I would be in first place. So it also <laughs> doesn't mean anything, but uh, it's it, you know it's all for pride. So um, thank you, Kuhar, for for taking down Tackett, which was something that I couldn't do a few weeks earlier. <laughs> it was funny, that's for sure. Uh, but also uh, an interesting uh, one. One thing just to to note with yeah. with that matchup, um, what I thought was a really interesting decision. Um, Tackett benched Marvin Jones for Tyler Lockett, and Tyler Lockett kind of had you know the hot hand as the wide receiver in in Seattle. But going into it, I didn't think that was a very smart move, being that Marvin Jones is is generally been uh you know a a high target share on that offense and a guy they like to get the ball to um 
I was surprised to see Tyler Lockett get get the start over him on on his team, and uh, it you know it could have happened uh, a, you know another way, but definitely ended up uh, that that ended up giving giving Tackett the loss that week. So um, an interesting move. Not you know we we all make bold moves in fantasy, but that one did not pay off for him this week. Right. Yeah. I mean. I feel like that's a good move if you know you've got one in the bag. Yeah. Just because Locke has been a little bit more consistent than Jones. But uh, in this case, he did not have it in the bag and Kuhar's team came to play. Yep. So uh, just combing through this, Nate lost again to you. Um, neither of you were particularly high scoring, but man, Nate's team is truly sliding. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of concern for his team going forward. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. So I've, I've actually I've been looking at the schedule, and I think that um, so him and Mark play in a week 13, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that, that be an elimination match to see who gets one of the, uh, one of the last spots in the playoffs. Um, I can see that. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see Nate's team making a quick bounce back. He needs Tony Michelle in the lineup. That's not going to happen. Um, we don't know. I thought that uh, with Fuller's injury, then you're going to see uh, Kiki QT, uh start to be incredibly relevant. But then when they made the trade for Demarius Thomas, now you have to wonder how um, how that's going to affect. Uh, it, it you know you kind of have to imagine that uh, QT's target share is not really going to go up any, um, so that I, I think really hurts his team. He's uh, yeah he's he's looking hurt going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nate needs to make a move, and I think he knows he does. And I have a feeling that something's going to happen this week with him. He's he's been one of the ones to pull the trigger most frequently. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if something happens. Yeah, I think this is the week where I, I think he's got to move Keenan Allen. I think that's – or Josh Gordon. I think someone with running back depth takes a, you know, takes a stab at Josh Gordon being their, their playoff uh, league winner. I think that's the move that that someone probably ends up making. Yeah, I mean, him trading John Brown to Caleb for Jimmy Graham is uh, not looking so hot right now for him because that, that would be some much-needed depth. I don't – yeah, I, I'm i not sure how uh, how that really looks for him. I think that – I think it was a trade Nate needed to make. It hasn't panned out for him so far, but you got to think that Jimmy Graham – I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham was a yard short of uh, beating me this week. In the end, uh, his, his only reception was uh, called back was initially a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. So he uh, initially had a double down uh, touchdown pass. They got uh, called back and put on the one yard line uh, first quarter of the game. Um, so I do think that Jimmy Graham is better than any tight end on the waiver wire, which is what he was working with before. So right. I, I think it was a trade he needed to make, especially at the time it looked like he had a lot more wide receiver depth, but we've just seen injury after injury for him. 
And so I think it's, it's, it's still going to end up working out for him going forward, but he definitely needs to make a move for a second running back because um, I, I don't see him really having much of a chance of making the playoffs otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Now that um, Alvin Kamara is kind of up and down and definitely not hitting his 40 points like he was before. And that's not going to happen again. No, we're not uh, going to see 40 point weeks out of him anymore, but I, yeah. he's still a top five running back easily. Uh, top five. I think he could have some serious dips in weeks, but overall for the rest of the season, top five for sure. Yeah. And he's still the guy around the, around the red zone. He's, he is the guy they're not doing. So what's been interesting about the new Orleans Saints red zone offense is they've shied away from using Ingram and Kamara in that um, in the shotgun uh, together and have, it's really pissed me off personally having Drew Brees on my team, but putting Taysom Hill in as quarterback and using all this like trick play nonsense that really, why do you do that when you have Drew Brees as quarterback? You're not, you're not the Ravens. You don't need to give the bar, give the ball to uh, Jackson so that you don't have to worry about Flacco throwing a pick, uh, a pick in the red zone. So I don't know why the, the Saints have been, electing to do that but it it has helped Kamara in that way because uh Ingram has not been uh stealing some of the touchdowns that he did last year so um overall a good thing for Kamara but it gotta say it's really pissed me off and has not been very effective either they seem it go to third and goal a lot of times and Drew Brees having to only have one stab at it to get uh get the touchdown but um, we'll yeah. see how Sean Payton changes that going forward. Yeah, Sean Payton's not one to stick with a script. He's one that <laughs> likes to change up and keep people on their toes, yeah. as NFL coach should, but uh, sucks for fantasy. Yeah, and I know they like they like Taysom Hill a lot there, and they, they try to get him involved in as many ways as possible. But I, I really think – so last week they, they had a play where uh, they actually utilized him early on in the drive, and he ended up throwing a 44-yard uh, – pass to Michael Thomas, which was one of the first forward passes we've seen uh, Taysom Hill actually throw. But I think utilizing him more in the middle of the field is is going to prove to be better than in, in the red zone. So hopefully um, Sean Payton takes note of that and will stop uh, trying to kill my, uh, who should be my best fantasy quarterback. Yeah, you're going to have some serious ups and downs with Drew Brees and – that could end up being your kryptonite. And, but your team's so strong, I feel like you can overcome it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's annoying having Taysom Hill in the red zone. I agree with you. You would think you would rather have him in the middle of the field where there's more space for him to work with. But it seems like teams are getting too creative in the red zone this year um, with between Taysom Hill thing um, – Lamar Jackson coming in all the time for the Ravens in the red zone. It, it's the same thing. And then the Chiefs running jet sweeps on the five-yard line. I mean, yeah. it's all kinds of or, – or like they throw it, the Chiefs, like on first and second down. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think – like I agree. I, I think the way the, the Chiefs have utilized the jet sweep has been very poor. Um, I, I really think the, the Rams are really the only team who have done it effectively. 
um, yep. consistently, at least. There, I mean, there are times when you get Tyreek Hill getting a 70-yard touchdown on jet sweep. But for the most part, I think the Rams are really the only people, the only team who have done that uh, successfully on a consistent basis. Um, part of that's just because they have so many – all three of their receivers can be utilized in the jet sweep. So um, I don't know if maybe it just throws defense off more when you see so many different people operating in that. But um, yeah, I, I agree. It's been, it's been an interesting season um, seeing how teams have been working in the red zone and, and beyond it's been the, the offensive play calling has been very different than it has been in the past. Right. And I, I feel like with the jet sweep thing in the, for the Rams, it's not so much that they have players that can do it. Three receivers. The thing is, Sean McVay is having them do it. It doesn't matter if they can or not. It's a matter that he's forcing the ball from the jet sweep to all three, you know, Cooks, uh, Cup, and Woods. He has them all run it, even Reynolds. Yeah. And that, adding that element is of unpredictability. It, teams don't know who to expect the ball to be in the hands with out of the backfield, whereas other teams like the Chiefs, usually run it with just Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So they've done it with Sammy Watkins recently, but, but yeah, it's generally just Tyreek Hill. Yeah, exactly. 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 Teams can see it coming. All right. So we've really sat on the jet sweep for a few minutes here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, let's, let's just get right to it. Dennison doubles up on Mark, literally doubles up 83 <laughs> to 165 and a half. Yeah, that was probably the biggest ass whooping we've seen in Ever. the history of the league. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. That, that, would, that is it, total, utter annihilation. And, there, and it could have been a whole lot worse for him, too, because uh, there are a lot of people on ben, on Denny's team who still just didn't come out and perform. Like it really could have been worse than it was, um, especially when you put up a. Well, to be fair, both teams put up a a goose egg at tight end, so eliminated the whole position from the matchup. But yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was really, really, really bad for for March team. Um, I, I mean, yeah. just looking at it, it's Russell Wilson. And then just a horrible showing after that. Like, there's no one else who performed well at all. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, it's not even like he got beat by 80 points to a team that scored 200 points. Yeah, Dennison scored the league average in points. That's just how bad Mark's team did. Yeah. Um, which is frightening because, yeah, all these guys that – you had faith in uh, shit the bed and it, it really seems like it's hard to see where it's going to get better anytime soon. I mean, Melvin Gordon will be back, but Frenette's what back. else beyond that? Even if, even if Fournette's back, he's not going to be the guy he was drafted as. Um, no. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't think that Mark's team is looking particularly strong. Um He's got a solid duo of wide receivers and Tyreek and Juju, who are both great receivers. I think you see a lot of of decreased value in Golden Tate going forward. I just I don't see him getting utilized that much on the Eagles' offense. It's nice that he comes in on the bye week, so maybe that gives him a little bit of time to um, 
to learn the playbook, get a little bit of a rapport with Carson Wentz, but I, I see, I, I don't see him doing very much going forward. And then he has no running back too. He has nothing there. Nothing. There's like, I mean, there are multiple people on the waiver wire who I would recommend him rostering in a full point P- PPR league before, um, the guys who who he has right now um he needs melvin gordon to be a 30 point melvin gordon too like he can't just be um i i I think he might not get as many carries or as many snaps as he was getting before because of this injury and we know they like eckler there um yeah and and his his second quarterback is virtually non-existent C.J. Beathard, you would think against the Arizona defense that has been pretty shoddy this year, um, would be able to put up more than 12.5 points. That, that was a rough game to watch. And then I don't believe in Njoku at tight end. I don't think he's any good, to be honest. Um, yeah, kind of starting to look like he uh, should have made that deal for Kittle. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe that no one has tried to get Kittle off of me, to be honest. Um, he's a guy who's averaging about two and a half points less than Travis Kelsey this year. He's a better tight end than Gronk and Jared Cook, who's had an outstanding, like, um, I, I'm surprised no one has really tried to make a move for George Kittle, uh, from me. Um, what were the specifics of that offer again, the, the, you offered to Mark. So I offered him. And I, I wouldn't even offer this anymore <laughs> now that now that Carson or now that uh, Carlos Hyde is in Jacksonville and uh, but the, the trade that I offered him was um, was George Kittle and Ito Smith for Leonard Fournette and I I wouldn't even do that trade anymore. Um, yeah, I mean hindsight's you know twenty twenty. No, and- but the way that he uh, that he. Uh, I guess I can I can respond to to what he said a couple of weeks ago about that that trade, uh, as, as if it were like the worst trade you could ever be offered. But George Kittle is an elite tight end. He's a guy who's scoring half a point less than Brandon Cooks. If you got offered Brandon Cooks for Leonard Fournette straight up, I would take that trade in a heartbeat. Uh, if I had Leonard Fournette sitting on my bench all year, not playing. Yeah. I would, I would take a a guy who's scoring 14 points a week for that. Um, I, I, I really think that uh, it, I don't think it was a a bad trade when I offered him at all. And yeah, people like to uh, imagine that trading for a tight end isn't as desirable as other positions. But if anything, it should be more desirable because the the difference in quality between guys like Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, and George Kittle compared to guys like Njoku or your general waiver wire tight end is huge. It's a drastic change. You're looking at a, at a six-point swing every single week in your starting lineup, and that's, that's a huge, a huge uh, difference in points. So... Um, yeah, I, I think that Mark really assessed that trade wrong and he maybe should have, uh, thought about it a little more. Um, if, 
it wouldn't help him this week losing by 80 points, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that having someone who is going to score less than, you know, about 10 points a week at, at tight end is, is going to get you to the championship. I think you need a guy who, especially if you don't have two strong running backs, you, you need someone who can put up points in that position. You can't be getting goose eggs anywhere. So, um, yeah, we'll see if he makes any moves going forward. But I, uh, I think that's a, that's a position that really hurts him right now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. In, in looking at it from his perspective, it looks like Nijoku was coming off an 18.5-point game, his best of the year. Um, he was increasing in points every week. Looked like he was on the upswing. And also, I, I do remember him saying that if he had any shot at the championship, he had to add Leonard Fournette, which makes sense. Um, and now what's happened in Jacksonville with Carlos Hyde going there and Leonard Fournette kind of having a lot of uncertainty around him, um, it looks bad. It looks bad that he didn't accept that trade. But once again, I guess who were – who are we to know what would happen two weeks later? So that sucks for for him for sure. But yeah. Um I didn't realize George Kill's only scoring what, like a half a point less than Cooks? Yeah, yeah, he's averaging uh thirteen point seven points a week. Yeah, that that would that would definitely be useful. Yeah, he's posting wide receiver two numbers and yeah, no one wants to wants to make a move for him, uh league, but <laughs> Uh, I'm actually I'm in talks with a couple people right now that um, Kittle is involved in, but we'll see we'll see if if that has any uh, if that ends up happening. But I mean, my advice to you and to the rest of our league, um, I'll start with you. Is is what I don't think you should trade at all. You have so much depth that you you've got an insurance policy behind all your starters that basically you're like, okay, next man up now. Like, like there's no injury that could be like devastation and knock you out of the playoffs. It, it just can't happen with the way your roster is built right now. Yeah. Yeah. And for the rest of our league, I mean, in, in all honesty, everybody, the only chance we have of beating Jack is having Jack beat himself. So give him as many close decisions during the playoffs of who to pick and who to slot into each spot. Because if you, if we just make his life easy and say, okay, like I'll give you um, who's, who's top quarterback. I don't, I don't even, Oh, Mahomes. I'll give you Mahomes for like Drew Brees and like George Kittle. All you've done is ensure him who his two quarterbacks are going to be during the playoffs and his tight end that he will use every single week like like as a whole like it doesn't make sense well there's no way Travis Kelsey's getting benched for George Kittle I'm just gonna say that <laughs> but but I but I know you're what, where you're no, I'm, I'm, yeah. like it's, it, at this point the only way to stop you I feel like is for you to get in your own head <laughs> yeah so I mean, well, no I, I yeah. know what you're saying I also think that um there are some people who if they want to have a chance of of winning in general they need to make some moves um no, I, I'm really I'm not going to trade much more than uh, George Kittle is like my the the guy who I think has a lot of value that I can get a return for. I'm I, my starting lineup is strong enough that there's really no one in there that I'm probably going to trade. 
Um, the trades I'm going to make are probably going to be coming from my bench, which uh, I've been ridiculed for on this show earlier. But um, you have to understand why. Like, why would I trade my anybody in my starting lineup? There's no, there's no reason to. I've I've consistently been uh, one of the highest, if not the highest, point scorer week in and week out. So I'm probably not going to um, going to change that up, but. But I also I, I do think uh, some of the people who I who I've been talking with in trades I, I do see some mutually beneficial trades that would help um, that that would help uh, both the people involved going forward. But uh, yeah, there's uh, th- there's also not a lot for me on the table um, in terms of my team. But yeah, interesting, interesting to see what happens there. Um... And yeah, I mean, since we're already talking about your team, I mean, this trade deadline has been like a let's help Jack's fantasy team get as good as fucking possible. Like, I I think I was in disbelief watching the moves roll through and looking at who directly benefits in every aspect. Because um, looking at your team, you picked up Cortland Sutton a week earlier, which hand clap props to you. Like I was on that dude's ass. Like I was like, this, this guy's going to blow up. Like I want to be on it. I want to grab this guy before it happens. And I go to look and he picked him up like 10 minutes earlier. Yeah. And I was like, well, well, there goes that. And then that's when the news broke that Demarius wasn't probably wasn't going to get traded. And I was like, well, it was a sigh of relief. Um, but he ended up getting traded and, He just bolted a bench player, a bench stash into huge, massive upside on your squad. Yeah. And go on to mention Ty Montgomery gets traded from Green Bay, which honestly, thank fucking God. Free Aaron Jones. I think it frees him for two more touches. I mean, honestly, I don't think he's going to get much more work, but it's another step in the right direction. Absolutely. Once Jamal Williams stops stealing those touchdowns, we'll be good. Right. And then the acquisition of Golden Tate by Philly only opens things up more for Alshon. And I'm just like, I'm looking at all of this, and I'm just like in disbelief, like what the fuck just happened? Like like every trade that happened in the real-life NFL directly correlated and helped your team. Yeah, the, the only one I'm a little bit concerned about is um, is the Golden Tate move. I I am a little concerned if that might eat into Jeffrey's target share. Um, but at the very least, it should keep him from getting double covered against uh, strong defenses. So that'll be, that'll be relieving, but um, exactly. But we'll, we'll see how that ends up working out going forward. I, yeah, I, I think overall it probably will help me just because I don't think there's any way that Wentz and Tate will be able to build up a strong enough report together to really dig into uh, Jeffrey's target share, but that, that could change. But, but yeah, I, I picked up Cortland uh, Sutton when, uh, I, when, you know, news broke that Demarius might get traded. Then a couple of days later, I was like, okay, no, he's Demarius isn't going anywhere, but you know, I had no reason to drop him for, for somebody else. And then sure enough, Good things happen to those who wait and who jump on things early. And so, uh, <laughs> so it, it ended up working out for me a lot. Um, I, I'm excited. He, he's, he's fun to watch too. So 
Um, yeah. One of I mean, the he's got, things that's exciting to watch on, on that team. He's got an exceptional catch rate and ability to really find the ball. I mean, that, that touchdown he caught from Manuel Sanders was, I mean, only 20% of receivers probably would have caught that yeah. ball. It was, it was a bad throw. Yep. And he's one of them. He's a rookie. So that's exceptional. And they felt comfortable trading Demarius because of the talent behind him. Honestly, Sutton seems like he's a better player than what Demarius is right now. So um, they just want to get him more involved, and, and this is how you do it, and this is how you get a draft pick for him. So I think that worked out well for both teams, not only um, Denver but also Houston. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think that helps Houston quite a bit. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what it does to Demarius um, for the rest of the season. But – Enough of oogling and ogling over your team here. Let's quickly run through the rest of the scoreboard, and then we'll get to upcoming matchups, which obviously are going to be a lot shorter than normal now that we just talked about a bunch of teams in depth. Yeah, um, yeah with all the moves, it's hard not to. Right, right. So in the toilet bowl, uh, as it was dubbed by Mark, Lennon absolutely trashed Caleb. Um, not even close. Yeah. Beat him 176 to 102. And Caleb's new norm for scoring seems to be about 105, 108 range, um, which that's not a winning score. Caleb has by far the worst team in the league. Not even close. (laughs) It's like the the drop-off between his team and anybody else is just staggering. He has all three Ravens receivers rostered. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want any of them. <laughs> like, um, and he started, he has to start two of them every single week. That is not a team that has much of a chance at winning, especially when your running backs are Jalen Richard, Wendell Smallwood, and Tevin Coleman. You're in trouble. Um, I mean, Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. Devontae Adams is one of the best wide receivers in fantasy. But, I mean, the rest of it is, is just as bad as it could possibly be. Derek Anderson it's starting this week. Like it's bad. So I I don't really see it any better. I it's not gonna get any better. I don't think he'll win a game for the rest of the year. Um the only question will be if Carl can pass him in time to avoid uh the loser's punishment. Which Absolutely. I um I'm not sure if he can either, though. He's got a tough schedule going forward. He plays you. He plays me. Uh, and then he finishes the season with Denny. He's So, you know, hope, hopefully Carl can make some of those games interesting. But as bad as Caleb's team is, he might still be able to avoid finishing in last place just because of Carl's unfortunate results so far. Man, that'd be a bummer. Um, Because, yeah, Caleb's team is oh so bad. And the worst part is, like, he's been trying to make a move and move some of those Baltimore receivers. But Willie Sneed isn't somebody you would get anything in a trade for. And I don't think – I beg the question whether you get anything for Michael Crabtree because I just don't think he's worth anything. Or John Brown. Like, to be honest, who do you feel comfortable starting from that on any week? That you would you would feel comfortable starting any three of those? Oh, none of them. None I of mean, them. I'd always I'd always pick John Brown. Um, if you have to with a gun to your head, sure, but I don't want any of them. 
Absolutely. And, and yeah. Um, so on the other side of this, Lennon's team, sorry, I'm done here. Uh, Lennon's team performing an extremely high variance as usual. It's like, it's like one week he bottoms out at like 95 and then the next he's hitting 200 or 175. It's, it's all over. I mean, this is prime Lennon playoff team in form. I mean, this is what he does. He makes the playoffs as the eight seed, scores 200 points, and then scores less than 100 in the second round. Honestly, he has an incredibly strong team. People have been talking shit about his team all year. That's just because Carson Wentz hasn't been performing as much. Antonio Brown hasn't been as good as he normally is. And Jordan Howard has been disappointing. If Jordan Howard shows up to play the rest of the year, if he can find the end zone, which he should, like he should be the one falling into the end zone every single week, pretty much. He's got an incredibly dangerous team with the trade in Detroit. Kenny Galladay is probably a top 20 receiver going forward, top 25. And Cooper Cup is definitely within that as long as he's healthy. His receiving core is insane. James White is a top 10 back this year. He's he's the number five num, number five back in fantasy so far. He, Jared Cook, number five tight end in, in fantasy, and Jordan Jordan Reed on uh, on other weeks uh, could be a top five tight end. He should be, really should be. But he's got a dangerous team. If if Carson Wentz keeps putting up numbers, which he should, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's in a tough division defensively. Yeah, yeah, and it only got stronger with uh, the the move that the Redskins made. But right, but it didn't matter last year. Um, I I really think London actually has a, a a pretty strong strong team, and it's not a team I want to play in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Jordan Howard is is kind of touchdown dependent. And behind him, he doesn't have a second running back. No, he has and, no depth. But the lineup he can make is is dangerous. This is true. I I don't have any faith in his second quarterback. But I I agree with you. His receivers, I mean, endless possibilities of what could happen there. And James White has consistently performed at an elite level. So, um, I I really think, yeah. His team, it has a shot to do good things this year. Yeah, yeah, it's not the best yeah. team, but it's definitely it, it's it's not one that I would would like to play early in the playoffs. Certainly, no, not at all. Um, unless, oh, okay. So then we'll jump over here. I think the last one we haven't hit on yet was Carl and Andres. Oh yeah, I guess there's two. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah two. Yes, so Andres runs away with another win. He is now six and two, which my God, I never thought I'd be saying. So unreal for that team to be six and two is unreal. Exactly. Every time I look at it, I'm just like, I, I just am in shock. Like, like what has happened to make this team win so many games? I really don't get it. Um, and his team is gonna. It, well, now his team is actually good. <laughs> like. like as of this week or, or last week, his team actually is fairly strong with Marlon Mack uh, just being an absolute animal. Uh, 
that is a uh, a huge change for him. Who, I mean, before this, his running backs have just been pitiful, just terrible. Yep. But they're they're actually pretty strong right now. And Cam Newton is a high scoring quarterback um, for fantasy, um, and he's got two of the best receivers in the league on his team. And Julian Edelman, who is a PPR nightmare if you're playing against him. Uh, uh, let alone he's given. Edelman for free. Oh, yeah. For Mark. Free trade. Great, great trade, by the way, Mark. That was awesome. Really, really strong uh, move. That top 15 quarterback he got in return there. Real good move. Um, yeah, Dar- Darnold's not looking too hot. Darnold is um, trash. And why, why would you think otherwise? It, like, <laughs> I, I really I don't understand. That, that was, I think, the most shocking trade of, of the year so far. Um, that one, I think, didn't get enough attention for how bad that trade was. But, um, and not just in hindsight. Like, that was a bad move when he made it, too. Um, I, 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 I don't know what he was thinking there. But, um, but yeah, it definitely it rounded out uh, Audrey's receiving core. Yeah, and I mean, so I'm looking at Marlon Mack, and I love the Colts. I think they're a really fun team to watch. Um, but I think there are some things you have to take notice of here. Marlon Mack has never stayed healthy in his entire career. It's been an issue for him since day one of entering the NFL. Um, I don't know anything about his college career, if he's hurt a lot there too or not, um, but I would beg to raise the issue that, yes, he probably was. Um, and then you look at who he's played and who he's done all this damage against. Oh, yeah, and the terrible defenses. Buffalo and Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then they're on by, and they're facing Jacksonville, Tennessee, um, the Miami's a good one, and then Jacksonville and Houston and Dallas. All those are tough. And if Marlon Mack stays healthy, we'll get to see what he's truly made of. But I really think that this is this is a facade. Um, I, I don't I don't think anything that we've seen is going to persist and and stay stay the way that it is. I mean, I know Mark watches the tape, loves this guy, uh, thinks he's running with a lot of bursts. And power, which you can do that and then get hurt and not be able to play. Um, And playing against a poor run defense can make an average guy look really, really good. So I don't think Marlon Mack's going to be an RB1, um, but he's definitely an RB2 until he gets hurt. Yeah, no, I and I I agree with that. He's obviously not a guy who's going to put up 30 points a week. I'm, I I don't think that's the case, but up, up until this point, he had nobody starting at, at running back. Matt Breida has been a disappointment. We thought that he was going to um, turn into just a, a dump and go receiver who was going to just dominate in a P, in a full point PPR league. Hasn't had a reception since week five. Um, and now Kenyon Drake and Lamar Miller have started to emerge uh, in the last two weeks as being the, the running backs that, you know, they were drafted as, but I, I don't really see that lasting for too long either. But um, it if his running backs can perform, his team is strong. If. <laughs> and, and he also, he has four running backs that he has to choose between every single week. Um, yeah which I, I think it burdens him. I, I think it's going to be tough to know what, which ones are going to go off on any given week. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think that's going to be a struggle for him when 
uh, he ultimately gets to the playoffs, um, which he will for sure. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and like we said before, I mean, Carl just had the misfortune of getting etched out again. Had another good performance and just couldn't make it happen. Yeah, he needed to make a move for a quarterback all year. He needed to make a move for a quarterback, and he just never did it. No, and he was given many an options to do so, uh, many chances, and he, he never pulled the trigger because he's scared. And this is what happens when you don't pull the trigger. Yep. Um, you just start with Alex Smith. Yep, and nothing else, and nothing else. So, right. Yeah, it, it's a shame because everywhere else, his team is, is really strong. Um, it, he probably has the best wide receiving core in our league. Um. So it's it's a shame that he's almost mathematically eliminated from making the playoffs, but I don't see him winning out. Um, he's got a lot of tough matches ahead of him, uh, so it's it's uh, it's sad. But you know, hopefully he can at least find himself out of last place because this team uh, does not deserve the loser's punishment. It's a much stronger team than that. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So our last one to hit on, Jimmy and I faced off. And I got the better of him. Thank God. Yeah. It was close. That was the toilet bowl. <laughs> that, that really was. That ended up being a shit show to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I got lucky. My Sunday night players came through for me and gave me that edge I needed. Lut or Lutz, or yeah, Lutz, uh, Lutz, yeah, Mark Ingram and Diggs. I mean, all of them put up double digits, <laughs> so yeah, um, Diggs really propelled you over the top there, and Lutz, absolutely, yeah, yeah, Diggs. He helped me in uh, in a very different ways in two leagues. I actually played against him in another league, and uh, I ended up beating the guy who had him by point two points. <laughs> If on that last catch of the game, Stefan Diggs reached out forward rather than sideways, I would have lost in that league. Uh, so that was funny, but I'm thankful. <laughs> so uh, I, I think your team's looking really strong going forward, though. I think you finally settled back to, to where you should be. Um, you, you were not a team that should have been in the bottom four as you have been all year, but, but now, now you're not, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think that was just, it, it was just a matter of time for that to start working out. The only thing that, um, I mean, you obviously have an issue this week, but um, in terms of the rest of the season, your team looks pretty strong. Um, not many, not many weak points. Um, you have to worry about uh, Jack Doyle eating into Eric Ebron's production, but I, if I were you, I would imagine you're probably going to start Trey Burton most weeks at this point. You know, yes and no. Um, before Jack Doyle was hurt, Eric Ebron was that elite red zone weapon. And yeah, Jack Doyle's on back. every game. Exactly. And Jack Doyle's back. And what is Eric Ebron? The elite red zone option, who is now also more trusted in the middle of the field. Like that's exactly what they're doing is they have so little talent wide receiver. It's, it's two tight ends all the way. Um, 
and they're both phenomenal. And I don't, I, he's going to take a dip in production, but I don't think by a whole lot. So I, I, I really like the fact that in a year where tight end is tough and brutal, um, impossible to have, I have two top tens, and I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, my, my take on that is just that in in his first week back, Jack Doyle had seven receptions for 60 yards. Ebron only had three for 37. Um, he got the end zone score, which saved his, uh, his fantasy day. Um, and obviously he has been scoring all year, but I mean, that's really, I think all you're going to get from him at this point, he's not a, 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 as, as many receptions as he gets. Um, they're all very short. And so you really need him to be scoring every week for him to, um, produce for your fantasy team. Um, personally, I think, uh, you get a little better bang for your buck from, from Trey Burton, a guy who um, is a, a, utilized more in for deep passes and uh, has a little more run after the catch than, uh, than Ebron has. But regardless, yeah, you have two strong tight ends going forward. It's, it's really just about um, making sure you pick the white, the right one week in and week out at this point. Um but yeah, you're looking looking pretty strong. Yeah, and I mean, people people think it's a joke. Doug Martin being the starting running back for a team again, but that was one of the most confident pickups I've ever made. <laughs> the the way Oakland was using Marshawn. Um, yeah, Doug Martin does fill that in perfectly. It, exactly, it just makes perfect sense, yeah. and he showed week one of taking over that role in a game that they were there was a shootout he still put up yardage and points i mean and was using the passing game so i mean oh boy i feel like doug martin is is gonna is really gonna feast and i'm gonna be using him tomorrow night in that thursday night game oh yeah that that's gonna be a real fun game to watch exactly <laughs> why i'm using him It'll be boring and the raiders should be ahead by a lot which means doug Dougie Martin eating all day. Oh, see, I don't know about that one actually. I, uh, I, I think I might be taking the uh, the Forty ers there. Ooh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. For sure, for sure. Which, yeah, that that would be interesting. Um, so I'm looking at Jimmy's team and the way that they just absolutely crapped their pants yeah um there's there's no reason for him to have lost to me Deshaun Watson put up 31 points on Thursday and I thought it was over uh and then everything that could have went wrong went wrong for him well this is this the problem that I I kind of saw happening for him all year that hasn't happened quite as much as I, I thought it would initially but I don't think that his I mean, I think his receiving core is probably the worst in our league, which is surprising because the man loves his wide receivers. I don't know what happened in the draft this year, but normally he's he's all wide receivers. And and this year, um, I, I I didn't think he made uh, the best moves there, but um, but surprisingly, we've seen Sterling Shepard have pretty remarkable production for how good of a receiver he actually is, um, which I don't, I think he's pretty poor. <laughs> he's a pretty poor receiver who 
it only has value because Odell and Evan Ingram are both so much better than him that he gets no attention and just ends up with the ball in his hand somehow. Um, I didn't expect Robert Woods to be as productive as he has been. Um, but he, he's put up a, a very solid year, um, but everyone on the Rams offense has. So um, everyone's eaten in Los Angeles right now. Um, and then Jordy Nelson, you thought that uh, maybe having Amari Cooper out is going to change and uh, help him, but, you know, it didn't. And I don't think it will going forward. I don't think he's that good. I think he's too old. He, he just doesn't have the, the speed that he used to. And he's not, uh, he's not getting those short looks. Um, he's not, he, he doesn't really have much of a role on that team. It seems like. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He, he gets looked over a lot. Um, and Derek Carr is bad. I'll say that too. Yes. yes. Derek Carr is definitely bad. And Jordy Nelson in his first game as the, um, quote unquote wide receiver one for the, the Raiders. In a shootout. He in a shootout against Indianapolis, a bad team. He caught one ball for 14 yards. Yeah. He had all four of his targets in the first quarter. I don't know what happened after that, but he was gone. Uh never looked at again. No. I mean that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um uh, but a the the good Jordy Nelson days are are over. Yeah, I I strongly agree with that. Um, I I think he's he's got to be starting. Uh, Marquise Goodwin every single week at this point because even though he's boom or bust, he might go off, and that's a lot better than than Jordy Nelson. Um, and then you probably got to think about starting Devin Funches too over over Jordy in particular. Um, maybe even over over uh, Sterling Shepard, but yeah, he's uh, not looking good at um, at wide receiver. And then in the boldest of of moves so far this year, I, I believe um, electing to it, it didn't hurt him, but still electing to to bench Gronk for Vance McDonald. We talked about about this uh, before the game. But wow, was that a uh, surprising move? Uh, yeah, not starting Gronk against Buffalo. It didn't hurt him at all. Uh, it actually helped him by point four. But you know, um, still a uh, surprising move from uh, from from the commish there. It was a sigh of relief when one o'clock locked and Vance McDonald was in his lineup. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I was just I was shocked that he actually kept with. What he said he was going to do, he was scared that Gronk might sit out due to injury. Um, Doesn't matter. You which, keep him in your lineup. <laughs> right, right. I didn't feel that there was a real big risk of that. No. Um, there we go. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. All right, good deal. So, uh, before I lost you there, I was saying let's jump over to the previews, which now that we have basically gone in depth with all these teams, it should be pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump into Lennon and Tackett's real quick, um, which actually projections show real close right now. Yeah, um, I, I think this is going to be a, a pretty close game. Um, I was talking to Lennon about this game. We, we were looking ahead in the schedule, 
before uh before he left me forever but um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we were uh we, we were thinking this this is going to be a tough game for him for sure and um Tackett should win this if I, if I was a betting man and I am I would bet on Tackett but um I I think it's going to be pretty close though I I see uh this being one of the closer matchups of of the week yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this could be really, really close. Um, there's nothing here on Tackett's team that shows me any signs of concern, except that Austin Eckler's in. Um, but, man, yeah, this this could be close. Yeah. Um, it sucks that Lennon has to start Dak, but and, – And Derek Carr, yeah. Unfortunate that Carson went some by, but – he also gets um, Tackett without David Johnson, which, you know, not huge, but this year, yeah. not huge, but um, still notable. But yeah, I, I think, I think Tackett walks away with this one, but in a, in a close, in a close victory. I agree. I agree. I think this could be a 153 to like one, you know, 59 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I just think it's going to be close. Um, so let's jump over to Carl and Jimmy. All right. Which right now Carl hasn't put in a full team yet. So he just he, picked up Hooper, but um not it's not in his lineup yet. Okay, okay. So he's missing about eleven points there. Man, so why are his projections so much lower? Because Chris Hogan. That's where he's uh Hurting oh. right now is uh, with Tyler Boyd on bye this week. He doesn't have any depth at wide receiver. Um, he has three incredible starters, but um, when one of them's on bye, he has to start Chris Hogan, who is kind of a dud at this point. Um, at least not not a guy you want starting on your team. I think he needs to look at the waiver wire and get a boom bust kind of guy, someone who you know, might only put up five points, which is really all you're going to get out of Chris Hogan, but, you know, who has strong upside. I think that's the only move that he can make that's going to give him a chance of winning this game. Absolutely. Um, and this is one that I think if he put in the right players, he should definitely be able to walk away with. Uh, Jimmy's team has kind of been taking st- strides backwards for a while now. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the way Carl's – team has played recently he should be able to, to to etch out a win here but yeah this is one of the few I, games he can win going forward so this is where carl if you're listening you gotta you gotta do something here pick up don't finish in last place you still have something to fight for now so um, absolutely pick pick up a wide receiver and if i i don't know where he's at on the waiver claims but i know that three quarterbacks were dropped this week and maybe he makes a drop, an ad drop for, uh, for one of them, um, for tomorrow. That he won't get the benefit of our advice for, for that uh, in time for that claim. But, um, but maybe if there's one left, he he puts in a claim in time because he's gotta. I mean, I mean this this is a must win game for him. He has a chance of walking out, um, out of last place, but this is one of the games he can and needs to win. So hopefully he makes some moves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is really kind of a must-win for both sides because yeah, Jay, absolutely. He's lost like three or four in a row now. Yeah, he yeah, he's on the verge of not making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually don't think he will uh, make the playoffs personally. Um, there's so many teams at three and five right now, and some of them are getting hot, and some of them are going cold. And unfortunately for Jimmy, I. I don't think his team is one that's getting hot at the moment. Um, no. It, you know, it could turn around this week with Nick Chubb going against the Chiefs defense. Maybe he puts up, you know, a big, big game and Zeke against the Titans. But, um, you know, he's got the benefit of good matchups this week, for sure. Um, Robert Woods against New Orleans, Devin Funches against T- Tampa Bay. But, um Hopefully that that will turn his team around, but um, I really would not be surprised to see Carl walk away with this one. Um, yeah, me neither. Um, certainly. Absolutely, absolutely. So that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, let's jump over to, ooh, the new toilet bowl, Mark and Caleb. Oh, boy. I wonder who's going to win this one. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Yeah. No, um, uh, Mark wins this one by 50 points. As bad as yep. he wins, he wins by 50 points. And um, I think we can we can probably move forward from this one if you want. I don't think there's much to analyze, really. There's there's not. When Caleb is starting Jalen Richard and Tevin Coleman, um, and Ed Dixon is his tight end. And he's starting two Baltimore receivers. <laughs> yes. There's, yeah. there's, not, there's not much to say there. No, um, I mean, I, I could... his team had a little bit of injuries. Like he lost Jay Ajayi, but like really, this comes down to it was a bad draft for him. It was a horrible draft, and Caleb, you need to let your brother draft your team again because it's not working out. <laughs> yeah, man, just listen to the intro, Caleb. Um, some of those highlights about your your draft selection are uh, mind boggling. And concerning to say the least. Yeah, you, you guys um, should do a draft reca- recap one episode. Do like a little bonus draft recap because, dude, I I've been dying to. Um, that I, I think that, that really shows. I, I think all the teams that are performing well, it came from their draft. All the teams that aren't, same same thing. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think at some point we'll end up getting around to a draft recap, and that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe maybe when the uh, the playoffs get around, that'll be something fun to do since there'll be less to less to the wires. There won't be any trades, so maybe maybe in a couple weeks you guys can can do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Um, definitely something we want to do. And so I I really think Mark's gonna win this, like you said. I think he could put up like one forty five, and Caleb put up ninety. Yeah. Yeah, he wins huge, but neither one puts up anything. Like, Mark's not going to have a remarkable score, but he will win handedly. Right. So then next up is Nate versus Dennison. Um, wow. Nate's entire team is on the injury report. I told you, man. <laughs> They're all hurt. That is, They're all that's always astonishing. Hurt. See, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are eight, eight injury designations on went on uh Nate's team. Yeah. That's astonishing. Including like IR and <laughs> right. already ruled out. Like oh my god. Yeah, he's hurting. Yeah, that's rough. Um yeah. 
man, but in all honesty, it's a close game. It is. Um, and I'm like I said before, I really think Nate's going to make a move here this week. So I don't think this is the team that he's going to go into this matchup with. I think something's coming and I think it's coming soon and it's going to change the landscape of his team. Yeah, I hope so. Are, are you in, are you in talks with him? Is this why you have this? Uh, uh, I, prediction? I, I may, I may have been um, thrown into a trade discussion with him. Okay. So yes. And I, I heard that he has been fielding offers from a few other people. So I, when, when somebody starts actively fielding offers and comparing what he can get from various sources, I think that's a pretty good idea that something is going to happen as far as a move. I don't think that's something you back away from. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's a really, really good thing for, for him to be doing right now. Um, I, I hope it's not too late for his team. It's probably something he should have done a little bit earlier. Um, yes. Cause he's also on that three and five uh, edge right now, which is if you're three and five right now, it is not where you want to be because you're fighting so many people for those few playoff spots that are left because three of them are virtually virtually in the bag already um, with me uh, attacking and Andres. And, right. Uh, so what is it, like six teams are, are three and five? Maybe yeah, let me, let me jump over to that because it is crazy. Um, teams. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's six teams at three and five. Yeah. And then one at four and four. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Man, I mean, oh, yeah. Man. Even even Denny's pretty much a lock for for the playoffs at this point. Not math, not mathematically, but you know, you got to think he'll probably get at least one or two wins to to lock it in for sure. But um, yeah, if you're on the three and five cusp and your team is not hitting stride right now, it's time to make a move because. Um, there's there's no time left to wait for it to get hot at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something needs to be done if your team is falling apart, which his is. I, I agree with you. He's got to make a move, and uh, yeah, it's got to happen soon. So let's move over to another one here. Who else do we have? Um, oh, you and Andres. I'm gonna destroy him. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna beat him by just a shit ton this week. Um, yes, he has Odell and AJ, AJ Marlon Mack all out. Yeah, wow. Yeah, his, I mean, his first two draft picks are on by this week. Um, it's unfortunate for him, um, but you know we're both in a safe spot for the league right now. That it doesn't really matter for either one of us. We're both playoff locks at this point, but um, I don't think this one's going to be close. <laughs> um, uh, no. Not that um, it matters at all, but, um, yeah, I, I think he loses by, by a shit ton. Yes, this is not a game. No. This is just an ass kicking. Yeah, um, it's projected to be um, within so 20 close. points, which is surprising. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think you're going to – I think this will be like 165 to 122 or something. Yeah, I, I just – oh, I'm going to score more than that. I cannot wait to watch this Saints-Rams uh, game. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to score so many points in that game. That's that's not prime time, is it? Uh, no, it's the it's the 
uh, four o'clock game. Damn, that should really that should really be a Monday night game. Yeah, that's the best game to watch this week, um, like football wise. Also, for, sure. for me, fantasy sure. wise, but just generally speaking, that is going to be such a fun game. I think honestly, I think those are maybe the two best teams in the NFL right now. Um, def obviously yes. the Rams, but I I think the Saints might be uh, the second best. Um, you have the Chiefs in that discussion, a couple others, but um, the Saints are looking real good. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch, so I'm I'm just glad I have a lot of stake in that game because uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. I, and being a Rams fan, it's going to be fun to watch. So, yeah, I mean, some something that's really stuck out to me is, you know, by sometimes the numbers don't show Mark Ingram's production for them, but they play so much more confidently and better when Ingram's active. And I, I don't really understand why, because sometimes he doesn't do anything. But it's like the games aren't even close. They just shred people. Well, it's a different game for sure. Um, it, hurts, it hurts my Drew Brees production that I was getting at the beginning of the year. Um, but, but yeah, um, they, they look very confident right now. Um, Mark Ingram definitely has a role to play in that. Um, I don't uh, rank him highly as you do, but um, <laughs> but no, he is obviously still a huge factor in their offense and especially in how defenses look at that team. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I I agree. They look they look very confident right now, and it they should because their offense just steamrolls people. Yeah, yeah, they're looking good, and they will help you coast to an easy win above Andres. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the last one here is myself and Kuhar, which, boy, oh, boy, we are suffering from bye weeks. Yeah. Um, he has Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Larry Fitzgerald, Carlos Hyde, and Andy Dalton out. I have the remainder of my quarterbacks on bye and T.Y. and Ebron. So um, I'm currently not. Hey. Hey, so I lost you for a minute there. Um, so I was just saying that we are both suffering hardcore from bye weeks. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly – I haven't decided what I'm going to do about my quarterback situation because I – Don't have one. I don't have one, and I'm seriously considering just – not playing one, um, which would be motherfucking ballsy and probably a bad choice. But I I don't really want to drop anybody off my bench. And he has so many bye weeks that I almost feel like if we did a matchup without quarterbacks, it'd be pretty fucking close. Yeah, but he has Ryan Fitzpatrick on the bench. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, you got to get a quarterback, man. You're, uh, you're going to lose under – well, maybe not lose, but – I wouldn't put that to chance. Man, he, he, he doesn't have a running back to replace Barkley. He, and then he doesn't have a tight end. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, oh, Thompson, he can move up. Yeah, he can move move Thompson. And then yeah, he... Uh, yeah, so he needs to find a tight end for sure. But um, yeah. I would not risk not playing a quarterback if I were you. Um, well, an, an unfortunate position for you to be in, 
but at three and five, you also still haven't played me yet. You can't afford to lose a game. Like, er- like every game for you, uh, for anyone who's three and five right now, like you, you basically have to win every game that you're in. Um, yeah. So whatever that means, it means making trades um, or making sure like, you know, losing a little bit of depth on your bench to make sure that you can squeak out a victory. You know, those are moves you got to make right now. Um, there's just no other way to look at it, regardless of how strong you think your team is. There are so many people in the same spot as you right now. You just got to be every, every game is a must win um, at, at this spot. So um, unfortunately you got to find something to do. All right, well, you know what I may do? Just start Jameis Winston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he takes over at halftime. Exactly. Dirk Cutter, I mean, he can't make up his mind, so maybe maybe Jameis will get his half. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe maybe look for something else, but <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Well Watch. luckily well do it. so this is what, what was what's been so interesting about the waiver claims this week is because of all the, the trades, um there have been a lot of ad drops this week. But most surprisingly, a lot of quarterbacks got dropped this week. Um, we have Case Keenum, um, Mariota, Mariota, yeah, and then uh, Brock Os- uh, Osweiler got. Uh, no, no, he's he's still there, and he's uh, projected to start Sunday too. Um, so for you, you know, I've got options. Yeah, the only thing that I'm that I would worry about with you is, um, I imagine you're not going to make a waiver claim to pick up anybody, but you nah. have to think somebody might have made a move for Keenum. Um, you think Case Keenum? There, like you know, like you talk about with uh, with our OP situation, people need that second quarterback, and. You know, if you're at the bottom of the waiver wire right now, why not? Why not drop someone for for another quarterback if if you can spare it? If, if your waiver wire spot is ten right now, why wouldn't you pick up Case Keenum or Marcus Mariota? Um, Makes sense. So, I know that you probably don't want to use a waiver claim on either one of them, um, but right now, you really are in a spot where you might have to. Um, I mean, I think Brock Osweiler makes it through, and you really do just need a quarterback for the week. Um, so I, I imagine Brock's going to be there, but I wouldn't be surprised if the other two weren't. So um, if I were you, um, I would consider making uh, making a move for Keenum. You also just need a second quarterback anyway. I think he's the best available. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? All right. It appears I lost Jack again. No, no, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. You cut out for a second there. Oh, um, yeah, you're just saying that you thought I should make a move. Yeah, um, I, th- I think you pick up – like you, you might use the waiver claim for Keenum because you, you need the second quarterback going forward anyway. You only have Andrew Luck. No, I have Bortles. Oh, shit, never mind. Okay, well, no, yeah, screw that then. Don't make a waiver claim. Just wait for Brock Osweiler and pick him up. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a rental. He'll make it through. You just need someone in the spot. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I shouldn't waste that spot because I think I'm number three right now. 
I don't really want to waste that on rental. Yeah, if if you didn't have Blake Boros, I, I forgot you picked him up last week. If if you didn't have him, I would say, you know, it's kind of a necessary uh, move that you would need to make. But no, you're you're going to be fine moving forward. You just need a filler for the week, so you can probably wait yeah. and just pick up whoever's left. And uh, you, I, I think you probably win that matchup um, once you fill in that spot, um, only because I don't think. I mean, maybe Kuhar picks up a running back in time for the game, but he might not. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he might not pick up a tight end either, in all honesty. Um, and, and the thing is, if, if I beat him, I'm pretty sure even though he's 4-4 four and, four and I'm 3-5, and five, I'd pass in the standings. So. Yeah, yeah, in points squared, I think you're higher than him. But uh, we're, we're almost dead even. So A win would, would probably put you ahead. Exactly, exactly. So I'm hoping I can get that W. Yeah, no, that would that'd be a nice move for you. Um yeah. Uh, Kuhar, if you're listening, uh which does do you know if Kuhar listens to this? Highly doubt it. I highly doubt <laughs> it too. Um but if you are <laughs> just fill in your roster. <laughs> Have a full starting lineup because uh otherwise I think you might be gifting a W to uh, a team who who really needs it. So, yes, um, yeah, you you definitely have the most interesting matchup right now because there are so many empty slots right now. Like it's hard to even predict when <laughs> when Kuhar has seven eligible starters and you have eight um, yes. and no replacement for them. So it's <laughs> it's a tough prediction, but I, I'm gonna say that you uh, you probably win this one just because you will make the necessary moves faster. Than- <laughs> I sure hope so. Wouldn't it be funny if he made the claim for Fitz and then left him on the bench? <laughs> oh, it'd be hilarious. What if he, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that would be pretty awesome if he did that. But uh, I think you are. Yeah, if he, if he just doesn't even start Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> he uses <laughs> his first waiver. He's been number one on the waiver claim this entire season. And if, uh <laughs> If he just lets him sit on his bench this week, it'd be pretty funny. So um, that'd be priceless. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. It's also funny because you guys just swapped quarterbacks. Um, yeah, like you guys had just made that. Here, here's my other thing. Why did he drop Mariota? Like he has empty nope. bench spots. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> like he didn't need to make a drop to pick him up. He still has two bench spots that are just not used. I'm so confused. I, I do not understand him at all. But um, so yeah, because of waiver wire transactions, I think you uh, sneak out <laughs> uh, an interesting win this week. But <laughs> I sure hope so, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, is that that's all the matchups, right? Yeah, that's all of them. Um. Yeah, let's. I just because we were talking about it before, I just want to for all that are listening, recap the standings real quick. So uh, the girly soy boys, Jack is at the top at seven and one followed by Tackett. It also is seven and one. Then we've got Andres in third at six and two followed by Denison at five and three. And then Kuhar shockingly at four and four best season to date. Um, auto draft, <laughs> man. And then I lead the strand of three and fives followed by Lennon, Nate, Jimmy, 
Mark, Caleb, and then we dropped to one and seven with Carl. Um, yeah, and that's that's where the standings sit. And wow. Um, who? All right, man. can we do this real quick? Who? Who doesn't make the playoffs? Who are your? Four? Yeah, I think, I I think halfway through the season, that's a good call. Yeah. Uh, to do that, um, Carl. It just mathematically, virtually at this point. Yes and no. I mean, with all these three and fives, he's really not out of it um, I, at all. I only say it because he still has to play you and me and Denny. Um, I guess I guess that does make it tougher. Um, he, he has probably the hardest. So we play everybody once and then only two teams twice. And this year he probably has the hardest out of anybody because he plays me and Denny twice. Um Nice. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, a guy who's just been screwed all year is, you know, just insult to injury has to play two of the strongest teams twice. And so, because uh, that, I think that's what keeps him out. I mean, if he got to play Caleb twice, he makes it probably, you know, that, that could be the difference. But yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Um, speaking of Caleb, Ca- he's Caleb, one of them. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Caleb doesn't win another game this year. Not a bold right. prediction, but. A prediction that I will. Uh, to be fair, I made this prediction uh, like three weeks ago, maybe four weeks. He started out three and zero. He's lost five straight. Um, and I, I yeah. think uh, I, I made that prediction. Yeah, yeah. Leonard will verify that I uh, that I also made that prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when he's three and zero, and I was in disbelief, and I said, he "I said, you know, I was yeah, I was like, he's gonna lose the next four games. Um, well, he's lost five in a row." So, wow. And it's not going to um, get any better for him. No, no. Um, I think he gets a loser's tattoo, uh, throwing that one out there. I so, think it still might be Carl. It's going to be it, – it, here's going to be the thing. If Carl can win two games going forward, if he can win two of the next five, he's fine. It, that, <laughs> that's, that's all it is. If he, can, if, if he goes two and three to finish the season, then Caleb will get the loser's tattoo. If Carl can't win two games, it's his. That's – that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. So I think that Carl doesn't make it. Caleb doesn't make it. Um, Mark doesn't make it, and I'm going to say Nate doesn't make it. So while I think that those are the four most deserving teams to not make it based on their current lineups, um, I agree that um, definitely Carl and Caleb. That's virtually a certainty at this point but i think it's going to be jimmy and then I, I i said it earlier but i really think that week 13 um uh mark and nate play each other and i think the winner of that makes the playoffs and the loser is the last last team in the losers bracket um just based on schedule is the only reason i say this um i i think Jimmy probably finishes nine because one of those teams has to win week 13 and, and we'll just edge him out. Um, but between those two, I'm actually going to just look at that matchup right now, just to, um, <laughs> to, to lock in my last, uh, my last team. So I got the preview up right now. So you've got Jimmy not making it. Is that your third? Yeah, Jimmy's my third, and then 
you know, just for all the back talk I got from, from Mark earlier, I say he doesn't make it. <laughs> uh, without any hard uh, analysis, I'm going to say uh, Nate. <laughs> Nate somehow. Uh, also, if he makes a trade, that's going to be a huge difference. Like, you know, I, we're probably not looking at his, at the team that he's going to have going into it. Um, and I, I think making a trade right now really is going to improve his team. So I, I think Nate might will probably have uh, – will edge out Mark in week 13 to make it. So you can write that one down right now, everybody. Week 13, <laughs> Nate beats Mark to make the playoffs, and Mark loses and misses the playoffs. That's that's my prediction. That's that's mighty bold. Sorry, Mark. I'm probably going to get a lot um, about this for the next few weeks. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm I found something interesting while we're looking at this. So next to the standings, there's a tab to click on. Um, it shows every season, okay? Yeah. I So I'm going to start with – so this is our – what is this, our sixth year? One, two, three, four. Yep. All right. Let's start at the beginning. Top at the end of the, the regular season. All right. Well, hold on. Me. This this I'm not even in this league. So right. You're not, you're not in it for <laughs> two years. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. 2013, we're an eight-teamer. I finished at the top the following year in 2014. Well, you, we tied it. you tied it with who? Um, Fields of Green. Oh, that might Ethan. be Kemper. It was Ethan. Oh, really? Ethan, yeah. I, I, wow. Was he in the league it, when I was? Year, year one. Oh, my God, dude. Look at this team. Zach Stacy and Colin Kaepernick. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Wow, that's wild. Wow. All right, I can't even get into this right now. This is just nostalgia yeah oh that was yeah. punters and head coaches yes that's right we did have punters uh, <laughs> 2014 when we turned to a 10 teamer i was at the top 2015 when we reached well hold on and tied with denny and tied with denny okay okay <laughs> 2015 i'm at the top tied with jimmy um now, okay, now here's here's my problem with this it doesn't okay. show um Point scored, so it doesn't it doesn't give us this. But I know that I was up there. It was me and you are the highest point scorers. But I'm down at seven and six, so we can move on now. Where is which year? 2015. Yeah, the original girly man squad. Seven and six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven and six. Yeah, I remember you were up there in points scored. Yeah. Um, so then 2016. <laughs> Banana busting that breaks on the scene. Eleven and two, dude. And then you, where six are and you? seven. I'm fourth place at six and seven. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. What a year. Three teams had winning records that year. It was fucking insane. Wow, this is this is amazing. Um, last year, yeah. Uh, you're you're third, eight and five, and I'm what is that? Six at seven and six. It's hilarious. Wait, what? You, I thought you won the. <laughs> I just always assumed you were in first place. Oh no, that's that's why you Jimmy barely made the playoffs. I know, right? Oh shit! Wow, that, look that, at that all was close year. The best record was nine and four. Oh my god, we were so back and forth. Where Mark was at the top, yeah, yeah, and then, the, yeah, I mean, this is nuts. And then go back to year one. Um, the reason I did this is to see where the teams that ended up winning the championship were. 
in the standings at the end of the regular season. Um, let's see. Damn, where the hell is Kemper's team at? I know he won it. Yeah, right in the middle. He's for all the marbles. Yeah. And then 2014 was 10-team. Uh, what was that? Oh, I was in this this league. Was this Tackett? Yeah, I was the Tackett one. I forgot. I was in this league. I never named my team. But um, this was a year. So um, me and Andres played each other twice that year. And we went one and one. And so even though I finished higher than him in score, we had to do a oh, – yes. Do you remember this? They made yes. us, You guys made us do a playoff, which is bullshit. But it was really funny because we had to do a best of three in different video games. So it was um, Madden, FIFA, and 2K. Um, so all sports games. And um, I uh, just whooped his ass. <laughs> it, it was uh, – which is – was deserved because I should have been there anyway. But uh, that was the, the, the only time we've done uh, – like the last team in decided by a way other than points for. Um, but that was an interesting feature of, of that season. It was, that was, that was fun. That was very fun. Oh man. There's a lot of hype around that too. There was a lot of people in, in my room in Jada for that. <laughs> it's like 10 people watching us play 2k. Yeah. And then that year Tackett finished regular season six out of 10. And won the championship. And then 2015 was Jimmy, correct? Yep. Yep. So he finished actually tied with me for the best record. So that 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 time the two seed won it. Uh, let's see. Then the following year was Dennison, who is he Birds of War? He is. Yeah. So he Birds won his first championship. Out of third place in, at the end of regular season. And then the following year, he was one of the last teams into the playoffs. Yep. What's this? Um, Big Dick Dion. Uh, seven. He was six. Six seed? Seven? Oh my no. God. Yeah, seventh. Seven seed taking on the championship. Yep. Goes to show it does not matter what seed you are. Well, you know what? This year, the one seed is going to take it all. I, I just have a feeling about it that uh, unless I'm the two seed, and in which case, uh, you know, maybe the two seed takes it again. But <laughs> a lot of confidence. I, I you know, you got to have confidence when you have this team. I, I'm feeling, I feel good about it. Um, obviously, it, it, you know, it really doesn't mean anything how good your team is. Uh, Going into the playoffs, all that matters is that you make it. Um, so I have high hopes, but like I said, it doesn't mean anything um, as we've seen in the past now. Yeah, I mean, once you get to the playoffs, that's when all shit breaks loose, and uh, it's just pure craziness. Yep. Yeah, it's anybody's game. Once once you're in, anybody can make it. Like I said, I th- there are some teams who are three and five right now that I do not want to play in the first round. There's quite a few teams that are three and five that I really would not like to play. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's it's unfortunate, but, you know. Yeah, I mean. That's, we're, that's fantasy. 
we're eight games into the into our regular season. There are five more left. A lot is going to change in that time period. So, yeah. I mean, with that being said, you got any closing comments, Jack? Well, uh, just want to say what's up to everybody and hope you guys are all doing well. Um, I'm officially on my own out in D.C. now, so I hope that all you guys are doing well and that I get to see you all soon. Um, I will be in Columbus for alumni night, so I'm flying back in um, that Friday, and I'll be up there on Saturday. So if any Columbus people are or out-of-state people are coming back for it, um, I'll be around. So hopefully I'll see you guys then. Um, but if not, um, maybe over over the winter time sometime. But just hope you're all doing well, and I love and miss all of you. And uh, I'm just glad that we still have uh, still have this league, and now we have this podcast too, which has been a really fun feature. So thank you, Derek and Mark, for for doing this. Um, it's made the league all the more fun this year, and you know much more interactive than it has been in the past. So um, it's been, I think my favorite year of our fantasy, uh, you know, existence so far. So I hope that you guys keep doing it again next year and uh, we can, we can keep the, keep the fun rolling. Yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate you saying it. And I really think that that's the plan is to keep this podcast going. Um, It, it's, kind of the only way for everybody to stay in touch now that we're all in our separate places this is the first year where it's been like everybody's in a different corner of the earth um and it sucks so i feel like this podcast is is kind of the way to keep everybody involved in the league and not dropping out and not you know getting lost in their new everyday adult lives um and i'm, I'm hoping it can keep everybody around for a long time it's been fun to do. It's been fun to get the inter- interactions from everyone. And I hope everyone keeps listening and participating in this podcast. And while we are on this topic, I have an exciting announcement to make. Oh, it looks like Jack just dropped out. So um, I'll make this without him. Um, Jack and I are launching a second podcast that we are currently titling The Fantasy Football Bros, The Vegas Insider Edition. Um, So in this podcast, we're going to discuss our Vegas picks each week, betting against the spread, taking the over-under, various player props, and whatever else we can bet on. This is something Jack and I do weekly, and we love bouncing ideas off each other about which games are best to bet on, and we figured, why not do a podcast about this so we can speak openly to everyone listening about what odds we like, and maybe in the process make a little money. Um... So it would be awesome if you guys could come check us out over there and maybe get in on the betting as well. We are planning on launching our debut episode this Thursday or Friday, which would be the 1st of November or the 2nd of November, depending on when I get finished with the editing. And we hope you guys can join us. But from here over at Fantasy Football Bros, this week is a wrap. Good luck, everyone.